Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. And I thank you, Father. I'm asking you once more in the hearing of these precious ones that you'll make me an able minister of the New Testament. You make me a, that I'll minister this morning with the ability that you give and that you'll cause me to speak as it were the very oracles of God. And I just yield to you and to your Holy Spirit. Think through my mind, speak through my voice, and just, just, just have your way in and through me right now. Father, we thank you for the pastor's office, that, that special grace and gift that comes directly from Jesus and uh, to shepherd the sheep. And that, God, that we're all fed today, we're all encouraged today, we're all lifted up today. Uh, and that I, I pray again that my an their answer, the people's answer, would be found in my mouth today. And I thank you, God, that we, we know around here that we have a part. Uh, you know, the people have a part. Utterance is greatly affected by the hearer. And so I thank you for a church full of good responders and ameners and uh, people who are taking it in and they have an intent. When they hear the word of God, they're going to grab hold of it and begin to live it so that their lives can be blessed and changed. God, we thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles today to the book of Isaiah and the 54th chapter of Isaiah. Isaiah 54. And we'll begin there today. <clears throat> Have your Bible, if you got it on your phone, your tablet, your, your, I like, I like paper, so I got mine. We'll, we'll run some scriptures this morning. And I, uh, I just want to report from Wayne City that we had wonderful fruit, yeah. wonderful fruit in those meetings. I got to minister three times, and really more than that, it was just a series of Holy Ghost meetings and connection with some precious pastors, and, and uh, those, um, I ministered at a church in Wayne City, Illinois called Church of the Harvest. It's a familiar name to me. That's the name of the church I came out of in Oklahoma City. Unaffiliated, just same name. And, uh, but anyway, uh, on their Facebook page, they began to post those services. Reverend Slaughter, Philip Slaughter was there and some others. And it was just great to get a chance this week, uh, turn those on and, and take part. But it was, it was just wonderful. I also want to make mention next Sunday will be different. It's going to be great, but it'll be different. Uh, this coming Saturday is the Gatlinburg Mansion 2022 Chosen Youth Retreat. Are you excited? Yeah, are you excited? I'm excited. Gatlinburg makes me excited. Gatlinburg with God and the youth, that makes me really excited. We're going to have a great time. And so uh, all of our youth that are going will be gone. My wife, some of our leaders, we will be gone. But I have uh, been instructed, I believe in my heart, uh, I, uh, what we're going to do, I want you to come. Tomorrow will be very important for you. There's just, there was a message preached at camp meeting uh, out in California that was not just for that, it was for all of our congregations, including this congregation. And uh, uh, it was uh, preached by a man named Pastor Craig Fields up in Canada. And it was just an on-time prophetic utterance and word. And I, uh, I know that maybe some of you have watched it, but most of you haven't. You're busy, you've got things going on. And so we're going we're gonna to pipe that message in by video. So it'll be live praise and worship and good fellowship and all of that. And our offering, uh, and then the video's about an hour, so we'll, we'll, you know, we'll shrink down, whatever. But it's going to be important, and you'll be here, and you just, but it'll be, you'll be seeming in a little bit of a different format. But it will bless your socks off. It will bless your socks off. So just wanted to prepare you for that. Be good. That's not tomorrow. What did, I, did I say tomorrow? We ain't coming here tomorrow, are we? Oh, thank you for that. A, a week from today, next Sunday. Of course, I'll be in the pulpit Wednesday night. And, uh, and then we leave uh, our youth take off for Gatlinburg on, uh, uh, on Saturday. Is that right? Yeah. So it's going to be great. 
And uh, I don't know, I don't see Sister Joy right now. She may be back counting the offering, but if there needs to be any final announcements or anything, okay, there's going to be a meeting Wednesday night, so be here for that. Amen? Amen. All right, we prayed, we got our Bibles open. There's just nothing, nothing to do but launch out, right? Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Well, this morning, I want to minister. To, I'm really believing. I always am believing. I believe. When I, when I come, I believe I believe. <laughs> I'm, I'm sincere, I don't just want to come play church as normal, you know what I mean? Yes. And, uh, you know, that uh, I'm sincere in my desire and my belief that, that uh, I've heard from God today. He's got something for you and ready for you to receive it. But I want to minister along the lines of learning to love yourself. Yes. Learning to love yourself. Now, that's not a, psych- this is not a psychological approach. I'm not, I'm not Oprah, I'm not Dr. Phil. I'm a man of God. Amen? And, uh, but a lot of people, they don't even like themselves, much less love themselves. And uh, you need to open your heart. Now, I'm not talking about getting over into being conceited and proud and arrogant and those kind of things. But you need to think right about you. And uh, I've walked this journey a little bit, and I've had to learn to think differently about myself over the years. Uh, There was a lot of years, uh, my younger years, uh, teenage, late teenage years, where I I didn't like myself. I didn't like my personality. Uh, I I didn't like what I assessed as my gifts and talents or lack thereof. I didn't like the way I looked. Uh, praise God, just long, lanky, couldn't put any weight on, and uh, uh, big ears, and you know, I just, whatever, I just, I just didn't like the way I looked. I, I, didn't, I didn't really like me, but I tell you what, I enjoy me today. I, I, I do, I, I like me. Me and God and me and the Holy Ghost in me, and I mean, I can just have a party wherever I am. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it occurs to me that uh, we, you know, we have a mental health crisis in the land. I mean, really bad. And yet the problems that we have with mental health today run a lot deeper than mental health. There are very, very deep-seated spiritual problems. I mean, sinners are not just sinners today. Uh, people are so highly developed in darkness and, and twistedness and wickedness and deception. God bless their hearts. They just are acting a fool, don't, don't know what they're doing, full of demons, full of the devil. I mean, more and more and more, you just hear people, I mean, how many shot and killed this weekend in Chicago? How many, how many died in this city? How many, how many vehicles were driven into crowds of people? Uh, it's just craziness, craziness out there. The suicide rates are berserk. Uh, you know, the, the country's at odds. It's just hatred, sin, pervert. I mean, the perversion, the, the twistedness in the sexual arena. It's just, it, it's sad. People don't know what they're doing. And they're so, and, and then I, I see certain people out in the community, and, and the way they've, uh, they don't, uh, listen, I'm not judging anybody. Praise God. You got ink. I don't care. I, I, you know, if I, if I see you got ink, I'm like, well, I want to see your ink. You know, is that cool? You know, whatever. But don't go get a tattoo now. You know what I mean? But, I, y'all going to help me. Praise God. I'm just saying, but people uh, pierce and mar and do weird stuff to their bodies. And to me, they're, they're walking around silently saying, 
love me, help me, I, I need help, I'm, <laughs> I don't like myself. It's like this self-loathing thing going on. I could go on and on and on with that. But uh, this kind of, these kinds of problems um, have really seeped over into the church. And uh, we just want to address it. Amen. Amen. You know, a poor self-image is evidence of an unrenewed mind. A poor self-image is evidence of an unrenewed mind. In other words, you're not thinking in line. A renewed mind is a mind that thinks in line with God, in harmony with God. Amen? And if you don't like yourself, if you don't love yourself, your thinking is not in line with God because God likes you. God loves you. Amen? And if we're going to think like God, then that means you've got to like you. And you've got to love you. Praise God. So an, a poor self-image is evidence of an unrenewed mind. Amen? You know, depression is not your body crying out for Prozac. Nobody's got a Prozac deficiency. Uh, now, now listen, if we're on any sort of antidepressants, I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm for people getting the help they need. Amen? But things like depression, self-hatred, self-loathing, uh, a lot of these mental problems that people are having are results of an unrenewed mind, an undisciplined mind, an unguarded and an undefended mind. Right? Now listen, you might not be doing anything wrong in the way you're thinking, but you're still going to have challenges. We all are because there's a devil. And there are demons. Right? The Satan in the kingdom of darkness has been entirely mimicked and imitates in its structure the kingdom of God. So Satan's not a creative being. He, he, he does, so he just copies God and he tries to get all of God's ways and structure flowing in a negative direction. You know, when you were born into this earth, God assigned an angel to your life. He's with you, with you right now. Amen. But do you know, in mimicking that, when you were born, Satan assigned a familiar spirit, a demonic spirit, to follow you around. And they're in that familiar, why do we call them, why does the Bible call them familiar spirits? Because they're familiar with you. And they've been around for thousands of years, and they've been, they watched your grandpa live, they watched your, grand, your daddy live, they watched you live, and, and they know all about you and your family's way of thinking, and, and they know how to, and they write notes on you, amen, and, and they know, oh, okay, you, you, you put this kind of pressure on that guy, he'll cuss you out, sure enough. Amen, and just, right, and there's scriptures for this in Proverbs that our, our enemy observes us. That's nothing to be scared of. Amen. But uh, the devil's right there to help lie to you constantly about you. And sometimes the emotions and the feelings you have, you're made to have by the presence and influence of a demonic spirit. And once you pull the curtain back on that and realize I have authority and I can recognize that, amen, and I can say, oh, no, you don't, in Jesus' name, you'll have a lot, you'll have a lot more peace, a lot more joy, a lot more victory. Amen. We, you need to echo His authority. God's authority in your life. Amen. So here in Isaiah 54, let's get some scriptural foundation here. Isaiah 54, looking at verse number uh, 14. Verse number 14. It says, well, let's read verse 13 too. And all your children shall be taught of the Lord, 
and great shall be the peace of your children. Parents, this is this would be great to confess over your kids, right? All my children, they are taught of the Lord. And great is the peace of my kids. Amplified says undisturbed composure. Undisturbed. Amen. And declare that over your kids. Amen. I declare that over you today. All of you. Amen. We're all God. We're God. If you're born again, you're God's child. Well, great is our peace. Undisturbed should be our composure. Amen. Glory to God. Not disturbed, not disquieted, not upset. Amen. Okay, I got one amen and an oh me and a grunt and everything else. Praise God. Great shall be the peace of your children. Verse 14, in righteousness you shall be established. In righteousness you shall be established. Look at this. You will be far from oppression. Far from it. Far from oppression. For you will not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. Now, look up on the board, and we'll put that up in the Amplified Translation. The Amplified Translation says, You shall establish yourself in righteousness. In rightness, in conformity with God's will and order, you shall be far from even the thought of oppression or destruction. For you shall not fear, and from tarry it, for it shall not come near you. Amen. Notice that to the person who gets established in righteousness, they are far from oppression. The word oppression can mean, it has various meanings, but it can mean to be weighed down in body or mind or circumstances. You ever feel like you're being squeezed? Pressed. I've had people, I've been there myself, but I've had people describe you know, almost like a band, like a vice around their mind. And it's almost like every day it just gets cranked out the pressure of the weight of the circumstances. Like a dark cloud follows them around and, and their lives are oppressed. Now don't make me turn to Acts 10 38. Who is the oppressor? Yeah, that verse says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. The devil is the one that is oppressing. Amen? So here this verse tells us that we can live far, far from oppression from being weighed down, pressed down in body, mind, or circumstances. Amen. Amen. Where you're mentally free, you're emotionally free. Hallelujah. You're healthy in every part of your being, spirit, soul, and body. You're not tormented. You like yourself. Amen. 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 You don't have that vice on your mind anymore. Glory to God. Well, I like the Amplified. It says, you shall establish yourself in righteousness. So Now, depression is just a mild form of oppression. Depression, yeah, right? You, you kind of feel down, and you just nurture that, and you don't turn that around. You stay in it. You become depressed, and then you can become oppressed, and then you can become obsessed, right? And, and, and Dr. Summerall outlined seven or eight different levels of demonic oppression from being mildly troubled all the way to full-on possession. Amen. 
Well, we need to be like David. We need to learn very early, amen. Don't let depression get a hold of you. The spirit of depression will try to get a hold of all of us. All of us. And we're, we're emotional creatures just by creation. And, and in the natural, there's going to be cloudy days trying to get in on your life. And going to try to turn your, your smile into a frown. And just be gloomy and ho-hum. Amen? But David, he learned to encourage himself in the Lord. Amen. And, and you and I, we need to learn, I'm trying to help you, how to keep things from getting inside us. I'm not going to let depression get a hold of me. I'm done having down days. Done. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, but how many of you want to live far from oppression? Come on. Far from oppression. Okay, here's a verse for you. What do we need? We need to be established in rightness, in right standing or righteousness. What does this mean? We need to be established. If you pull this onto the other side of the cross, we'll get into the New Testament in a moment. Amen. That we become firmly rooted and grounded in the revelation that we are right with God as Christians. We are right with God. I don't have any of my own righteousness. The Bible says in terms of personal righteousness, there isn't any. To God, it's as filthy rags. But we who have been born again, we have received an abundance of grace, and the gift of righteousness. We have been made righteous with Jesus' very own righteousness. We are as right with God right now today as Christians as Jesus is right with God. Woo, glory. Amen. Let's go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You say, well, Pastor, I've heard this before. Are you established? Like concrete in the revelation, God loves me. He loves me. You know, there were 12 disciples, that's not new to you, (laughs) ordained to be apostles. One, as was prophesied, betrayed Jesus. He was called the son of perdition. He went on to his place, Judas Iscariot. That left 11. Of the 11, all of them were martyred for the cause except one man. His name was John. And it was not, he, he was not without triumph. They tried to boil this man, history tells us, in a vat or a pot of boiling oil in a coliseum full of spectators. And the man wouldn't die. So they just had to put him on a rock. She had to banish him. And he got off of there. You put him on the rock, what happens? He gets the revelation. The book of Revelation, that's what he gets. Oh, I got some extra time. Might as well, Jesus gives him, the, we get the book of Revelation. Talking about a man on a rocky desert island in his 90s. Well, I, this is the way I think. What separated John? Because, you know, what what. What was he walking in that the others weren't? That was able to that was able to prevent him from being killed. Well, if you study John's letters and his writings, 
he would constantly refer to himself in his writings as the disciple that Jesus loves. Now, when I'm new and I'm a green Christian, I'm reading that along, I'm like, who is this disciple that he keeps talking about? You read the Gospel of John, you read his letters, the disciple, the disciple that Jesus loved, the disciple that Je he just kept. And I go, I, you know, my lightning fast brain, it's him. He's talking about him. He's talking about himself. The, rev the, the revelation John had that, that separated him from the other 11, that protected him from boiling oil, was this simple revelation. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I mean, he knew it. He believed it. You can't kill me. You can't kill me because he loves me. Oh, glory. Well, didn't Peter know that Jesus loved him? Yeah, but you got to have, I mean, not to the level John was walking in. And Jesus loves you. Well, Pastor, you might say it different if you knew all about my mess. I don't care about your mess. For God so loved the world that's in a big old mess. That He gave His only begotten Son. That those who would believe upon Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. For Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that through Him might be saved. Amen? And if when... Uh, if he died when we were yet his enemies, how much more? How much more now? How much more now? We that have accepted him, how much more does he love us? Paul said, I am persuaded that not things present, not things to come, no circumstance, not peril, not sword, not destitution, nothing, nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So we want to become firmly established in who we are in Him. Who we are in Christ. Years ago, I had to repent to the Lord uh, because I haven't quoted this in, in a long time, but years ago the Lord said to me, He said, Son, the greatest source of difficulty in all my children's lives is and always has been that they don't know who they are in Christ. I'll say it to you again. He said to me, Son, the greatest source of difficulty in all my children's lives is that is and always has been. They don't know who they are. They don't know who they are in me. Hallelujah. If you saw yourself in Christ, there's nothing not to like. I said there's nothing not to like. If you don't have a proper biblical sense of worth, if you don't feel like you're worth very much, it's kind of a, it's a little bit of a slap to God. That they tell me that something is worth the price someone's willing to pay for it. That's how you really know what's, what's a piece of art worth. Whatever you can get somebody to pay for it. That's what it's worth. What's a piece of sports memorabilia worth? What's somebody willing to pay for it? What are you worth? What are you worth? You're worth the price of the Son of God. You're worth the death 
of the Ancient of Days, the bright and morning star, the, right? The Prince of Peace, the very Son of God said, you're worth, Jerry, you're worth me shedding my blood, you're worth the cross, you're worth the shame, you're worth the spitting, you're worth the crown of thorns, you're worth hell itself, glory to God. That, that's what you're worth, that's what you're worth, that's what you're worth. Amen, I'm worth something, I'm worth something in the, amen, I'm worth something in the eyes of the one that really matters. I'm not going to downgrade myself. I'm, that would be downgrading one of God's creations. The Bible says that you were fearfully and you were wonderfully made, formed and fashioned in your mother's womb. That's why Christians have to be pro-life. Right? Because the Bible says, before your mother knew you, right, in your womb, I knew you. I knew you in your mother's womb. Amen. Well, you've got to be a you in the womb. Amen. Glory to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse 17. It says, therefore, if any man... If anyone be in Christ, he will be when he gets to heaven. Is that what it says? He is. Now, are you in Christ? I said, are you in Christ? Well, then, then you is this. Don't ask yourself if you feel like you is this. We're reading the Bible. This is the inspired word of God. If any man be in Christ, he is... He is, she is, a new creation. A new creation. Old things, old things have passed away. Other translations say the old condition. The old condition. Amen? You know, some things you can fix. But some things are so far out of whack. I was watching the main cabin masters the other day. And uh, they were in this cabin, and, and they were tearing it out, gutting it down to the bones, and they were going to rebuild it, outfit it, expand it, make it better, restore it, you know. But when they got into that, they said, this, this, is, this is just so, so far gone. I mean, the squirrels have been living in here so long, the mice, the, the worms, the dust, the rot. They just said, we just got to tear it down, build a new one. Well, in sin, we were so fouled up, messed up, marred, yeah, yeah. sin rotten. He said, there's no fixing us. I'm just going to have to recreate you. I'm just going to have to make you a brand new person. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And the moment you said, Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes in, glory to God, and He joins Himself with your spirit, and you become alive unto God. And the Bible says, right then, right then, right then, you're a new creation. You're a new creature. One translation says, a new species of being that never existed before. How could you not like that? How could you not like you? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, if you don't like me, that's just your loss. I, if you don't like me, I guarantee it's because you don't know me. Right? Praise God. Because if you knew me, you, you would like me. Amen. 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 Now other people, other people decided different. That's their, that's their problem. They're, they're the ones losing out. They're, they're the ones missing out. I love what my spiritual father said, Dr. Ed Dufresne. He would say, 
another man's head is a poor place to store your joy. In what they think about you. Another man's head is a poor place to store your joy in what they think about you. Amen. Well, pastor, it's really not what other, it's what I think. Yeah, you got to renew your mind. You got to renew your mind. Amen. You see, you've got to have more faith in what God says about you than what you say about you. Or what others have said about you. We've all heard the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. And that is about the dumbest, most unscriptural, inaccurate, most of the people that I have counseled have, that have been in very abusive situations have said, Pastor, it's not the beating. It wasn't that they hit me. The, the bruises, the cuts, the scrapes, they healed. But the words. I don't carry the bruises with me, but the words. Words are terrible weapons of destruction and pain. And when they are spoken, especially to someone you should have been able to trust, your mom, your dad, an uncle, an aunt, a grandpa, and a coach, uh, someone that mattered to you, they wound. They, they hurt. They sting. But listen, come on. You need to begin to develop more faith in God's Word and what He says about you than what they said about you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I go over these scriptures with some of these folks, and it's like it, it bounces right off of them. They don't receive it. Well, the answer is, keep sowing the Word into your heart. Keep sowing it. Keep confessing who you are in Christ from the Bible. Let your mind hear it. Let your heart hear it. Say it to yourself over and over and over and over again and begin like never before, child of God, defend your mind. Your mind needs to be defended. It has to be guarded from the accusations of the devil. He's the accuser of the brethren. Amen? And you've got to defend yourself from his accusations. Amen. And I mean, my God, don't, here's, here's how people, they get so, uh, so mentally unstable. They take thoughts suggested to them, and they, they meditate and they marinate in these negative thoughts about themselves all day long, all day long. I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat, I want to be fat. Well, maybe you're fat, but you can, you can, you can get rid of it. You can do all things. And, and God ain't going to love you any more skinny. Right? Right? You're no less a king, no less a priest, no less a son, no less uh, a joint heir of Jesus, fat, as you are skinny. 
We need to be able, a healthy person can just honestly assess, you know what, I'm kind of failing in this area. But that doesn't equal, I hate myself. That doesn't equal, I'm going to go home and cut myself. We recognize, a healthy person recognizes, I'm a work in progress. I'm not disciplined over here. I need to work on this. But I'm rooted in who I am in Christ. And me and him, me and him, me and him, me and him, me and him. We're going to get everything needs to be corrected, corrected. We'll get everything turned, and I'm going to love myself the whole way. Stop beating yourself up all the time. Amen. Well, I got some other verses I want to share, but, you know, we're here. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.21. Well, let's read verse 22. It says, Now then, we are. We are. Are we trying to be? 2 Corinthians 5.20. We are. Well, individually, that means I am. What am you? Do you feel like an impact? Do you see yourself like that? I do. More and more. I'm an ambassador. You think uh, our ambassador to Australia pays for his own clothes? His own car? His own house? Uh-uh. He represents. So there's a supply. I'm an ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ. So are you. I said, so are you. Now see, if, if, you, if you read these things, I'm quoting these things, I'm preaching things to you, and, and your, your thing is like, uh-huh, you don't get it. And that's okay, but you need to feed it, feed it, feed it. Most of us have large, fortified strongholds of thought that we have been building all our life. And you ain't going to get rid of that thing in a day, honey. Amen? But you take the Word of God, and you begin to renew. And you begin to get in there really earnestly for yourself and discover, I'm going to get in this book and find out what God says I am. Amen? Praise God. This is your Bible. This is a love letter written directly from God to you. And you are what it says you are. And you have what it says you have. And you can do what it says you can do. And that won't, that won't come alive at you the first time you hear it, but if you, if you keep at it, I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. Amen. And I have what it says I have. Ooh, then there's nothing else but to get in there and find out about it, honey. Amen. We are ambassadors. Praise God. For Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him, he, God, hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That is done. That's done. You are the righteousness of God. You know, if, if you get up tomorrow and you sin five times less than you sin today, you won't be a little more righteous. You will never be more righteous in God's eyes than you are right now. That's right. Amen. That's 
Praying three hours instead of ten minutes doesn't make you more righteous. Giving your tithe doesn't make you more righteous. It makes you more obedient. But it doesn't make you more righteous. Amen? Talking clean instead of dirty, that's a good thing, do it. But that's not going to make you more righteous. You will never be more right with God than you are, than you were made the moment Jesus became. And you know the very second, the very second, the very second Zoe gave her life to Jesus, you know right then, at that very moment, she has got all authority over all demonic power in the name of Jesus. She is seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above all principality power. She, you know, new Christian, they have to be taught. They don't know it yet. But positionally in God, they are seated with Christ, joint heirs with Christ, heirs of God. Amen. And they have all the rights and all the privileges of Christians who, who have been in the body of Christ for 25, 35, 45, 50 years. It all belongs to them the moment that they accept Him. All of it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Amen. Let's go over to Judges real quick. Judges. Y'all all right? We'll just go another few more minutes. <clears throat> Judges, the sixth chapter. Joshua, Judges, Ruth. That's how that goes, yeah. I'm trying to help myself. Hallelujah. You need to love yourself, Rex. Amen. Nobody out, no, not, another, not another one out there like you. That's right. Amen. Amber, there's not another one out there. I mean, you are holy, unique. We all know it. I mean, you're just, you're just unique. <laughs> There, there's not another Russell Jones. There, he broke the mold. Bam. You know, there's just not another, not another one out there like that. Amen. And you know who, you know who's gonna who got the Russell God's gonna anoint is Russell Jones. Russell Jones. You go try to act like somebody else. Try to be somebody else. God's not gonna anoint that. He's gonna anoint you to be you for what he's called you to do. There's not another David Waddell out there. Amen. Amen. Brandon, you're unique, man. Not another one out there like you. Billions and billions and billions and billions of human beings. God made one. And God is happy with what he made. He is happy with what he made. Everything God made in the book of Genesis, look what he said. He said, well, I need to start over. No, he said, it's good. And that's good. He made the animals. He said, oh, that's, that's good. That's good. And when he got to men, he said, that's very good. That's very good. Amen. Look here at Gideon. Judges chapter 6 introduces us to a man named Gideon. Y'all ever heard of him? And in verse 15 it says, And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in, uh, what is that, Oprah? Oh, Ophrah? Ophrah? That pertained unto Joash, the, uh, that guy, and his son Gideon threshed wheat. He was out harvesting wheat by the winepress. Now notice, to hide it from the Midianites. 
who were enemies at that time. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, Now notice what the Lord, the Lord is introducing himself to Gideon. And what did he say? He says, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. You mighty man of valor. Amen. And let's look at what Gideon said in, in response in verse 15. And he said unto him, Oh, my Lord. He said, Oh, my Lord. Amen. I've had my own little similar experience. God come down so many words and say, Hey, preacher. Hey, man of God. And I went, Oh, my Lord. God shows up in your life. He says, Oh, mighty woman of valor. And what's, what's our, no, I ain't pretty, I ain't all that, I ain't this, I got up, you know, I, I burned the roast, and I mean, I just, I just, mama cooked so good, I just can't seem to do it like mama. I got issues. I got image issues. I love this, Gideon, uh, Judges 6, 15, in the God's Word translation says this, Gideon said unto him, excuse me? How can I rescue Israel? Look at my whole family. I mean, he threw the whole family under the bus. <laughs> Amen. I mean, faith is one thing. I mean, I hope you think right, but don't throw me under the bus with you. Praise God. The whole Cody clan, I mean, the whole Manessa clan just got thrown under the bus. Look what he said in the God's Word. It says, it's the weakest one. My family's the weakest one in the whole tribe. And me, I'm the least important among the least tribe. Now, many would say Gideon is humble. No. No. Gideon is dumb. That's right. Gideon is not thinking right. Gideon's not thinking right. When God shows up and says... You mighty man of valor. And you say, I'm not. You just set yourself in disagreement with God. And any word of the kind, right thinking would have said, that's right. That is right. Whatever you say, I receive it. Amen. You know the Bible calls you forgiven? You're forgiven. I said, you're forgiven. The devil wants to, you know, yap, 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 yakety, yak, 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 yak. Amen? I'm telling you, any voice, any thought that runs you down, makes you feel less than, beats you up, doesn't offer you any hope, doesn't li- all of, yes, God corrects, but all of his strokes are upward, honey. Upward. And there's love and there's kindness. Even when God has been the stern with me, when he shows up, there's peace, there's joy, there's hope, there's love, there's acceptance. But, the, but condemnation. The word condemnation means to think less of. And the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So you're not supposed to think a less than thought about yourself. Well, I made so many mistakes. Welcome to the Mistake Club. I'm president. I'm president of the, I shouldn't have done that. I wish I hadn't done that. 
I could have been a better parent. We all could have been a better parent. All of us. Well, we're going through some financial stuff because I goofed up. I listen, I, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm the president of that club too. <laughs> the if I would have, should have club. Could have done better club. Listen, you will, the devil will hold you in a place of defeat. Of total defeat. Until you throw that thought off and accept. And walk in the light of who God says you are. Yeah. The message translation of uh, Judges 6.15 says, Gideon said to God, Me? How and with what could I ever save Israel? Look at me. My clan's the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the runt of the litter. <laughs> And so, I promise you, I'm almost done. Uh, so, this is a serious thing. Because Gideon tried to retreat from his assignment. Gideon tried to retreat from his assignment by magnifying how he thought about himself. And what he thought he wasn't. Are you with me? He's not the first one to do this. Moses flat out irritated God. Going through his list of why he, why he was sure God got it wrong in picking him. I can't, I can't even talk. I, I stutter when I talk. I can't, you're asking me to stand up in front of people. You're asking me to go uh, uh, confront the most powerful man. Uh, in the in the known world, and I can't even talk. You got the wrong one, and I mean, God said, "No, honey, you can." And I've chosen you, and I'll be with you, and la 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 la. And He just kept after. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And finally, He just said, "He just God about had His fill with that." Yeah. Amen. Amen. Right. Amen. And we have to be very careful about these people who don't think right about themselves. Just real quick here, think about some of the things that it opens themselves up to. Uh, the people who don't love themselves tend to compromise and settle. They tend to compromise and settle, especially in the area of relationships. They think themselves less than. So they expect and put up with less than people in their life. And, and, and precious ones, especially ladies, they, the man hits them or abuses them and they know in their head it's not their fault. But something in here is twisted. And they begin to say, if I hadn't have provoked him, if, if I'd have done this, if I'd have done that. No, honey, nobody should be hitting you. No, should, nobody should be throwing stuff in your presence. Nobody should be laying an aggressive hand or, or even voice on you. And because I did this and I did this and now I've had a kid and nobody's going to want me and I've just got to settle for the first, you know, something that's breathing air that comes along. No, honey, don't do that. 
Don't compromise. You're a king's kid. You're a princess. You're supposed to marry a prince. And they don't qualify for prince status if they don't have a job. It means they have to have a job. And a car. And a credit card. And a pastor. And a Bible that's actually got some wear and tear on it. And they talk in tongues. But my clock's ticking. Listen, honey, Sarah had a baby at, what, 85? You'll be all right. Sister Melissa, she stood in faith. She got the right one. See? So again, people don't love themselves. They, they, uh, they sort of attract or welcome less than relationships. They tend to blame themselves when things happen to them. We've seen this. People who don't love themselves tend to draw back on their, from their callings. Here's another thing that's very important that you've got to get over. People who don't love themselves tend to be very bad receivers. Some people are extremely good givers, but they're terrible receivers. Can't do for them, can't bless them. You've got to get over that. I'm over it. I'm over it. By the way, I didn't get a chance to say, just quick, I know we're going to, the landing gear's out, I mean, we're about to touch the runway and you're out of here, but <clears throat> last week, someone gave a very large donation to the ministry, and it's my policy, I don't, I don't know who gives what, I don't want to know, I want to treat everybody the same, Amen. I mean, we just, we sowed seeds, stood in faith, I mean, God's so good, and the windows out there, those are paid for, they still got to trim and do some different, look nice, but they, they got some more stuff to do. Those are paid for. And then, you know, we took Special Projects Month off to pay for windows, to believe God for the money for the windows. So we weren't necessarily in the natural expecting to make a lot of progress on our sanctuary improvement. But we went from 25000 to f over 45000 And the windows are paid. <laughs> and everybody, it's not just one person, but everybody did their part that week. We had like a $65,000 week. Is that right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, 15000 pays the bills real good, but 65000 that's pretty, that's pretty good. You think I had a problem receiving it? I've been believing for it. Listen, you need, you're a king's kid. God loves you. Jesus died for you. Amen. He's got good things in mind for you, and you need to practice being a good receiver. Are you with me? Yes. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, you can read about it in chapter 1, that God chooses the Gideons of the world, the Moseses of the world. He chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. So in the eyes of the world, 
maybe Manessa was the least. And maybe Gideon really was the least in the tribe of Manasseh. But when God shows up in your life and says, I choose you, then we have to let all that go. We just have to let all that go. The Bible says that He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Jesus said, you did not choose me. I chose you. I chose you. I chose you. I chose you. And the very fact that He chose you, Emma, that should settle. That just should settle any and every argument. The devil wants to talk up. The, the words people used to say about you from your child, whatever, used to say, you should go back to, God chose me. Amen. I'm standing on the playground, I look like the run of the litter. But the captain, the captain of my salvation, he looked and said, I want you on my team. Come on. Hallelujah. Stand up on your feet this morning. Praise God. Now listen, you know me, I preach some strong, challenging sermons. You, you got an encouraging service this time. You need to soak it up for all of its worth, all of its worth, right? Amen. Glory to God. Say this out loud. Say, God chose me. I must be worth something. I like me. God made me. God chose me. God saved me. Hallelujah. God called me. I love me. I'll never think. I'll never entertain another bad, self-defeating, less than thought about myself. I am who He says I am. I have what He says I have. I can do what He says I can do. The Bible tells me who I am. The Bible said it. I believe it. That settles it. We'll give Him a shout. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God.